I'm Brianna McHenry. And I'm Stephanie Delaporta. And we are your guides for the When in Bloom podcast. Join us weekly as we include tips, tricks, and alignment tools that support us on our personal journeys. Bringing you back to the knowing that you have all that you need within you to bloom. Welcome back to another When in Bloom episode. We have something new and exciting today. This will be our first crossover episode from the Rooted in Source podcast, hosted by the lovely Eva of Svetliva, who was also our first guest back at the beginning of all our episodes in episode four. And I had the pleasure of being a guest on this podcast along with my husband, Justin, who I mentioned in so many of our episodes. So you will finally get to meet him for yourself. As he says, so many incredible pieces of wisdom throughout the entire episode. So Justin and I share with Eva what lights us up as individuals and as a couple, how each of us navigate the darkest of days. We, especially me, very vulnerably share working through deep shadows and insecurities during the first few years of our relationship and just so much more. This episode is going to be such a good one. And before I give it all away, let's just jump right in. On today's episode, we have Stephanie Delaporta and Justin Gonzalez. Stephanie Delaporta is a visual alchemist and cosmic intuitive. Her combination of fairy and mermaid energy allows her to keep the conversation playful while diving deep on all topics. Stephanie channels messages from spirit and brings color to this physical plane with her stunning artwork. Her creations are always accompanied with words so profound they speak straight to your soul. And personally, I enjoy reading her artistic words just as much as looking at her beautiful artwork. Justin Gonzalez is a water wizard meditation creator and music mastermind he has extensive knowledge on pretty much any topic that arises (laughs) justin is also the talent behind the music that you hear in the intro he truly has a gift with creating music tailored to anyone's vision and bringing that to life Stephanie and Justin opened up their hearts in this raw conversation where we explore their inspiration, handling the not-so-good feeling emotions, and the keys to a long-lasting conscious relationship, among other topics. If you want to connect with Stephanie, her Instagram handle is Stella.Porta. And Justin's is the only Justin G, and I will have those in the show notes for you. Thank you both so much for taking the time today to connect and to share whatever flows through. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm curious to hear about what lights you each up and if there's something that lights you up both, like if it's like a mutual excitement. Thank you for having us here. Like there's so much we can discuss, but I think the biggest thing is the fact of what I think kind of lights me up is like we're in this world, well, on this planet, we'll say in this universe, and we're kind of all trying to experience this thing we call life, of course. And as you kind of pay more attention to me, the way I see things is we can consciously walk through our day. We can attract beautiful things into our life. We can often attract things that we call not so beautiful into our life. But I think the main thing that is kind of lights me up is like, we are essentially the creators of this thing, this experience, this multi-dimensional level of ourself, you know, we're here, but we create the good and or bad. If we want to label them good or bad, we create the neutral. We, we kind of decide where we can stay and be. And that's kind of, I think pretty much one of the most amazing things to me that really stands out to me, like that we're creators, essentially. Thank you so much, Eva, for having us on this podcast, especially because you are the first guest on mine. Wow. What lights me up? I actually find that it can be such a loaded question because a lot of people don't know what actually lights them up. I've asked so many people, you know, well, if they don't know what to do with their life, I say, well, what do you enjoy doing? What lights you up? What brings you joy? And many people don't know how to answer that. And I've had to ask myself this as well so many times. Um, and when I went into my own Akashic Records, I'm always told, you know, follow what lights you up and that'll light your path. So for me, my art lights me up. I love creating. I'm, I mean, we're like Justin said, we're all creators, but I'm definitely a natural born creator. <laughs> and I've been creating things, oh, pretty much since I was little. My mom was always really good at fostering that aspect within myself and within my own life. And we always did creative things. My mom was a single parent, but she always made the time to, you know, do crafts with us and teach us things and teach me how to draw. And she is an artist herself. So she may not agree with that, but I think she is. <laughs> so, um, but essentially we're all the artists of our own lives, right? So life, I see life as a big canvas really. And we all have our own canvas and we all get to fill it with whatever we want. And sometimes it's not always these bold, bright, beautiful colors. You know, there's going to be those grays. There's going to be those dark colors. There's going to be those black colors. It's going to be, you know, some storms on the horizon, but it's okay because every single color that we add to that canvas makes it ours and it makes our life our own. And I think that, um, that's really important right now, especially with, what's happening in the world. Um, a lot of people have relinquished their brush and given that control and power of their life over to someone else. And I think that now we're really in a state of coming back to taking that brush back and taking charge of our own canvas, metaphorically our own lives. So make a long answer short, <laughs> or maybe it's a short answer long at this point. I don't know. It was kind of long. Um, but yeah, art lights me up. I see everything as art, um, which is, I mean, I guess it's also makes sense because 
So my Venus in my astrological chart is actually in its home in the house of Libra. So I'm beauty and creating is so big for me in my life. Like it's just, I feel, I love creating beauty. Um, and I also love seeing the beauty in everything. I mean, it's not always easy. I'll be honest with you. Um, there's certain situations make that a lot more challenging, but I say this a lot that we will just kind of, we'll find the magic wherever we choose to see it. And we live in such a magical world. So I think anything has the potential to light us up. It's just how we perceive it, really. Yeah, it's to kind of add to what Steph said there. And it's very important. Like, like she said, you kind of decide or you, there's so much possibilities to decide what lights you up. But I think the one thing that no matter what experience it may be is presence, being there and actually paying attention. And it's like having a conversation with someone when you first meet them or whether you've been friends for a long time or whether it's a family, loved one, whomever, a stranger on the street is, you know, when that person is present because they're paying attention and when they're paying attention, they're there with you and they're conscious and you're having, there's a true connection there. So whether it is it's the sun in the sky, um, you're laying on your black back, looking at the clouds, the ocean, if you're a person who, you know, is an artist, um, musician, whomever, you kind of have to find those areas in your life that where you're there, you're present, you're aware, you're happy, nothing else matters. Um, the environment around you no longer matters, that you've lost track of time, you've lost track of where you are because you're just there. And I think that's, that's like where Steph would say you pick up the brush. That's when the brush is in your hand. Like, I think that's the best way like, to kind of add on to that. I love that comparison and that whole your life is a canvas message actually flowed through a few days ago. And I thought of you immediately, Steph. <laughs> um, and as you were both talking, I was wondering, do you guys ever combine your talents so I guess what I envisioned was like Justin playing music as Steph is creating something like Justin's like channeling whatever music to play and then Steph is creating something on the canvas do you guys do that it's so interesting that you say that because I also as Justin was finished speaking I remembered that you also asked what lights us up together and automatically I thought well, we're so creative. So our house is just full of and buzzing with like all this creative energy with Justin's music and my art. And it's all just like different vibrations, really. It's so, I think it'd be so cool if all of us were like really attuned now, like we were all just, you know, as soon as we're born, we could see these vibrations, you know, within like, just like these, I guess these etheric um, strands, you know, I guess kind of like everywhere. And I think it would just be so magical. It'd be like this orchestra of like, you know, notes just with, with the brush and with the canvas and then with his music. And that's actually a good idea. I have put his music to like my, some of my Instagram reels when I'm painting, but I don't know. We've never, I've never really, actually, that's not true. You have played, sometimes he'll pick up the guitar and start playing like while I'm painting if I'm not listening to a podcast or listening to other music, but I've taken, I've turned it off to hear him. And it's, it is a beautiful experience because in that respect, we're co-creating. Um, so 
this room that we're recording in now is technically the studio, the studio really for both for art and for music. So he's working on one side, I'm working on the other side. And I think this whole room is just filled with creative vibrational energy. Yeah, maybe we haven't like consciously done it, but I think the way I look at it, I kind of, it's, uh, I've been, like, I got my first guitar when I was, I was probably like seven, but I never really, I, it was just like, you know, you're seven years old, you got a guitar, bought out a garage sale, it was like five or 10 bucks, threw it in the closet, and then I picked it up finally when I was like 12, and like, you know, I seen some other friends that were like playing music, I was like, into music of course like I think music is just one of those things from the time I you can even see infants like how music can light them up from time to time so we're all kind of attracted to it there's a song there's a soundtrack a soundtrack to your life I guess you could call it and for me I just started playing and it kind of as much as like I enjoyed playing in front of people because I've played shows and stuff before but I think as weird as it may sound is like, it's creative, but it's like, I don't really do that creativity and music for anybody else. Like I kind of just do it for myself. It's kind of like an intimate thing with myself as weird as it may sound. Like now with like my business now and kind of one of my business aspects of like creating music and um, meditations and such, it's something I, I massively enjoy, but it's kind of like my first time really sharing it you know, and like kind of openly sharing it and putting myself out there. Cause it's like, it's not ever been the fact that like, I don't think I'm good enough with my music. Maybe I have struggled with that in the past or subconsciously, but it's kind of, it's weird. It's just kind of like a private thing for me. Like I, you're, it's like, you put me in a dark room, you give me something with strings or you can give me like pots and pans or drums or something like that. And I kind of just kind of have some fun and play. And it's a, a child doesn't play in the sand for other people to see him playing in the sand. A child plays in the sand because a child loves playing in the sand. I think that's the one way to kind of look at it. That's so good. And that reminded me too that he's right. Even though we don't, we may not consciously be creating that way together. A lot of sounds do come out of this uh, area of the house because I also love to sing. So when I paint, I sing and he's playing. And even though he's playing something completely different from what I'm singing, it's still just like so... There's just so much good vibrational energy. And I think this is probably the most, vib I don't know, for me, it's like the most vibrational room in the house. It's like the one that holds the most, like, I don't like using the word positive and negative. Sometimes I always feel like these labels that we use can kind of take away from just the human experience because then we're perceiving it as either being black or white and there's no gray area, but yeah, it's definitely more of a, it's playful, a playful. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best. This is like where the inner child <laughs> comes out and and lives <laughs> and thrives. Oh, I love that. And I love how Justin also used the soundtrack of your life comparison there too. You guys are <laughs> just truly creators, like in such a physical expression here. I was thinking, yeah, we're like, we're alchemists. This is really what we are. <laughs> we were saying like with the the energy, I was like, yeah, we're pretty much alchemists. We can take one form of energy, whether it's through paint, whether it's through sound, and we can transform it, transmute it into something else. We have to think we're all created in some way. Nikola Tesla was a creator of a creative artist in science, and 
with using energy and using the universe. And same with Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was an artist of the voice. He was an artist of it with his words. He was an artist of his life of creating a path for those during that time um, with that segregation in society around the world, not even just inclusive that was happening in the United States and Canada, but he was with his voice creating that ability for a place for people to creatively navigate through. He was essentially drawing up the future, but he would use his words and his profound speech and his amazing leadership and his very stoic and I guess you could say um, dapper manner. He would carry so well dressed and presenting himself like with words of art. So with what you just said, do either of you have people that you look up to because of I guess their legacy, if they have passed or even ones that are still alive, do you have ones that you look up to and are inspired by like in your daily lives? I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I don't even know how to answer this question. Um, I don't, I have no, it's a difficult one because I remember when you're in high school, you know, that's like the one question you always get asked on your college or university applications. And it's like, I actually don't know who I look up to. Like I, I'm easily inspired. And with such this, with such a digitally saturated world now, I can find inspiration so easily with just the click of a button. And it can be someone that I've heard of before, or it could be someone that I've never heard of before. And especially as an artist, my inspiration is so diverse that it could be, you know, from looking at a tree to then looking at how to the way a person dresses. And I could be so inspired and I can go and create, you know, I'll have this whole vision in my mind and start creating a painting. So like inspiration for me is it's just easy. It could just, I'm very fortunate where it just, it just naturally just comes very easy to me. And I mean, also there's also a shadow side of that, like with everything else, those, there's polarity. And I mean, those platforms can also do the opposite of that, but for the most part, I like staying inspired and I'm trying to think of who, like if there's someone specific and I honestly don't know, like, cause it, it changes every single day. Like whoever I come across, they'll inspire me in that moment. But I may go back and look at the same person, you know, and not feel inspired by them another day. I think it all really comes back to my own frequency and where I'm at mentally. Like if I'm having a day where I'm feeling a little triggered or my shadows are coming up, people that once inspired me might do the opposite of that. I might end up feeling discouraged and in comparison and, you know, or even feeling envious in all honesty. So yeah, it really comes back to how I'm feeling that day. I don't really have, I'm trying to think of someone specifically, but there are so many people that inspire me. I mean, every single person is so unique and, you know, they're like going back to Justin's orc, like um, orchestra metaphor. I mean, everyone's got their own note to sing in the orchestra of the universe. So it's just, I, I don't know, I, anybody can really be inspiring. I think that the people I find the most inspiring are the ones that are following what lights them up and following what brings them joy because their joy, joy is such a contagious energy and vibration that if I see that within someone else, I'm automatically motivated and inspired to go find that myself. The way I kind of see that, and like it was great with like Steph said there, but what it came down to there is like the presence. Inspiration is there in the present. You really, you're not thinking about the past nor the future, but you're there. And for me personally, I think the people that really 
helped to inspire me are the people you can truly see that are they're lost in their process like whatever it may be whether it is a professional athlete an artist a singer i'd say over the last almost 2 years now i'd say the last year and a half especially the one person that's really lit up and helped me push towards especially realizing that true creator that we all are is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Stephanie bought his book in Australia when we were there and because she had seen it from somebody who posted it. She had the book for like almost 2 years and when we came back from Australia I was like I was not in the best place like you know it was just difficult leaving beautiful weather coming back moving back it's like I was out of the shoebox out into the world creating of a different expanded reality then i came back and i felt very compressed and back into cold weather old ways of old environment i just wasn't like lit up and i was and i'll be completely real with you i wasn't my best self like i was probably not the best partner i probably wasn't the best anything and i was just depressed but kind of repressed it Now I was just, you know, I was smoking cannabis, like just not, just escaping myself, like the the true presence that really brings us to where we are. I wasn't paying attention, and I had like one day I was just in our room, and we had a, we have a pile of books that were right in front of the mirror, like we have all our books there. Well, not right now because we're in the process of a move, but and it was weird. Like I was just in the room, and I can't remember what I was doing, but I kind of went to like look at the books and like. There were so many, there, there was a good amount of books there and so many different colors, shapes, different sizes and becoming supernatural just stuck out to me. And that was Joe Dispenza's book, the same book that Stephanie purchased. She read maybe like a chapter and I look and it was it was like the only book that stood out and it was just like I picked it up and I started reading it and I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know anything about the book. I didn't know anything about Dr. Joe Dispenza and I started reading it and I always knew that there is something within us that appears to be outside of us that manages life all life forms all source in this world we'll call it source you can call it god buddha the presence the great something whatever you want to call it but i kind of always had a, an attachment there to understanding that much so i started like reading this book i heard his story very intense deep story and I hear how he was like helping all these people and people think oh yeah this might be some like I thought maybe it was like some motivational jargon but it wasn't it was the real deal it was a guy literally explaining the spirituality of mysticism and explaining it in science of like how like there's no conjecture to how infinite and amazing we are I think that's the best way to put it and you hear these things like you hear people with like things he's created and the things he's done with his life and the things he's changed with other people's life he is literally paving the way to the uh, any household name who has no spiritual background they can read his book and they can understand like you read that book there's going to be a part of it that clicks you to really make you understand that yes what i think is like outside of me like this divine source god energy whatever you want to call it is within you and like what's the easiest way to find to hide the divine you put it inside someone because in this three-dimensional reality we constantly look around ourselves looking for these answers around us but the answers inside of you the creator is inside of you and yeah i read that book and funny enough after i read the book like i've read it like two times and i've had instances in my life where i was like in another low point and 
Me and Stephanie go out for a, a drive, and one day we're out for a drive, and next thing you know, like we're one put at this old spot, and it's called the Grange, and it's local and like the the northern area of where we live. It's like out in the country, and there's this bridge, and it's like an old railway bridge. It's in this like really equestrian kind of community where some people like ride horses in the community, but there was nobody in the area. I was kind of feeling lost that day for like, a, I'd say probably about a week then. And then I look, we look up on the wall and there's just this big like graffiti of the symbol that's on his book. And it's the caduceus symbol and which is the, um, the staff with the, but the, the spiling serpents going to the top with the crown, with the pineal glands with the wings on top. And I was just like, okay. And that's when I read it the second time. And while reading it the second time, so it really had been over about a year from since the first time I read it. And I started research. I'm like, okay, I looked into his work. It's something I'm committed into even now, like, especially for my own healing, my own creation of my life. Creation is a real word, but we'll say it is now. When I looked into it and I was like, how old is he? I'm like, I don't know how old he is. So I Googled it. I'm like, how old is like Dr. Joe Dispenza? And his date of birth comes up and like, this doesn't happen by accident. His birthday is March the 24th, 1962. My birthday is March the 24th, 1991. So he has the same birthday as me. It's this, the moment I started reading that guy's book, we spoke the same language. And it wasn't the fact of like, what I think about it, it's not the fact he inspired me and what he inspires me of. It's the fact that, he inspires you to inspire yourself to see you are the person who heals yourself. You are the person who creates yourself. You are the person in every single level of your life that just is there. And yeah, that's since I've read that book, it changed my life completely. Like I'm, of course I have those days, like you end up back in those little holes where you're not your best self. I'm like, that's normal. Anybody that says they doesn't have that. I don't believe them. Um, Cause we've all had those times in our life, our body's broken, this vehicle we've been bored, we've borrowed during this lifetime, our minds kind of beaten down. We don't, can't seem to control it. Our spirits a bit broken. Like it, it happens. It's okay. But when you read through the gentleman's book and you hear what he's doing for thousands of people across the world, like he has nothing to gain, but he has everything to lose. Like he's almost lost his reputation at one point in his career and people are still very questionable of him, but it just lights me up to really, really realize that I can make a difference. Like in my own life, like I'm in the process of healing myself of physical ailments and as well as emotional ailments from my life of like growing up. And when you read someone's material and you see the things that they've done, you hear the people whom they've helped and you read their literature and their creation that they've put out there to the world like that's pure vulnerability like he's trying to talk about something that's spiritual that doesn't seem tangible but when you read it you it really makes the intangible tangible like the intangibles it's like it brings out the courage in you and yeah like that's that was a massive answer I'll, I'll be completely honest but it that's that's who it is and it's not a fact that it's just him it reminds me of what we are all capable of what we are and it's individuations of divinity that's it so really it's we can become our own inspirations really that's like the big takeaway from that and i you know looking back on everything you said and hearing you retell 
that whole story was I realized that that book was never meant for me. I was drawn to it specifically because it put it in his path at a certain time for him to read it because it opened up a whole new world for him. So it was never meant for me, which makes sense why I read the first chapter and then I never picked it up again. And it just, okay, I'll be honest with you. I do that with like a lot of books that I have, but it's, and he laughs me all the time because I'll have all these books that I, I start reading and then I'll go buy another one because some something else will call out to me. Um, but with this one, I, I really, you know, hearing you say that, it just reminds me that I guess I was more in tune than I thought because there was a message in there for you. It was never meant for me. It was for him. I had to be the the catalyst to put that book and put that resource in his path. You know, it's almost like I was being used from his guides as like um, a messenger. It's like, okay, sh we're going to get to her because she's easier and she's kind of listening. She doesn't realize it, but she's listening to us. And we're going to put that thought in her head. Cause I saw it on someone else's Instagram. It wasn't even like, it was just random. So it's just, I saw it and it changed this guy's life. So I thought, okay, you know, I need to read a book. I'll pick it up for myself, tried to read it. And I guess it just, at the time it didn't resonate with me enough that I was drawn to it to keep reading it. And then I left it there and then look, it's just, it was meant for him the whole time. So yeah, you're incredible. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's just amazing. I love that. Thank you, Justin, for sharing that story and for really putting yourself out there. As you mentioned, it, it wasn't your probably your favorite time, but even through those challenging times, there's always lessons that we can learn. And I love that you saw that graffiti symbol and it triggered you to go read it again to see maybe new messages popping out at you as you went through it that second time. And I love how Steph was the one who put it in your path and your whole experience that you just shared was so synchronistic. It like I got chills as you were talking, and I I I just loved that whole story. So what's interesting is the the first question that I had has actually kind of come up a few times with both of you as you share and talk. So I do kind of want to touch on it. Justin already kind of shared one example and experience of. I guess, how he would overcome this. But if you have more to say, then totally welcome. But I'm kind of curious. So when you're painting and you have to add in the grays in the canvas or when you're creating music and you might accidentally hit a wrong note, what do you both do to kind of shift out of that? Or like, what have you learned that works for you? Because I'm really curious because I feel like you both are very aware. And although we're human and having this human experience, so we're not going to be high vibe all the time, it's important to know how we can shift out of those lower vibrations and and how we can change our perspective on experiences when we do move through them. With music, you gotta just have a short-term memory. You that you just really have to have like a short-term kind of memory about it. Or if it's just with a situation in your life, whether it is like a past memory you kind of deal with, like 
that's that that's a part of like who we are it's just it's kind of you just kind of have to acknowledge it like it's there sometimes it's you got to get really quiet and it seems like it's going backwards but sometimes you, you just got to get really quiet sit there close your eyes if you have to or just listen to like don't try to control anything that's coming into your mind just listen to what's coming in and you can distinguish if it's past present future anxiety frustration depression guilt shame um betrayal whatever it is because i think that's the biggest thing we struggle with and it's one thing like to understand like you can understand the world around you but once again the world is all in like you're creating from within you and your mind your spirit like whatever you identify to say it as this is how i this is how i try to live it by and you really have to just pay attention because when you pay attention you like i said before there's a presence around us that governs all life that makes us breathe without us thinking about it that makes our heart beat without us thinking about it and allows a child to grow in a woman for nine months without her having to think about it consciously so it's clearly paying attention to us so if we're kind of we are essentially a fragment of that this source this presence that's never an absence um you when you really pay attention to yourself and you realize like some people go their whole life. Sometimes it takes like a bad injury. Sometimes it takes a, an accident. Sometimes it takes a health crisis for them to get that wake up call. But we can also get that wake up call like when we're inspired. So when you are really quiet and you pay attention to what how you've been feeling, you can really realize that, wow, I've been feeling guilty for 15 years and I didn't even realize it. I thought it was just me. I've been feeling shame and I didn't even realize it because that's just been me. Um, I've been feeling sad, frustrated, anxious, depressed, so on and so forth. And I didn't realize it until I paid attention and I thought that was just me. So when you kind of just quiet the noise and you really get to be there with yourself and you just get to pay attention to yourself, you really come to understand why your life is the way it is and no one's life changes until they change their energy until you change your energy and how you feel about the world and your relationship to the world your life is going to be exactly the same and you'll be a victim to your environment a victim to your thoughts and a victim to essentially the victim consciousness like what's the difference between heaven and hell they're just two different states of consciousness like we're like there's really no difference like it, it's just it's it's a a, a state that you're in so you just got to pay attention. That's my biggest advice. When things are going wrong or things are going really right, it's okay. Just be quiet. People may ask, like, why, why are you so quiet? Like, why? But let them wonder. Like, it, I think that's a, one thing. Like, you, 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 they should, as much as they're wondering about you, it's because they care, but you need to wonder about yourself. And I, I personally think that's the most important. I try to spend an hour a day every morning with myself um, through meditation, introspection, and yeah, that's just kind of what I try to do. And it I, it doesn't work all the time, clearly, because I'm not perfect, but it's um, there's a mountain I'm climbing slowly. To echo what Justin was saying, I agree with a lot of what he was saying. And I think it really just 
all comes back to knowing yourself. It definitely goes back to presence, as Justin's mentioned a few times now. And I also believe that there isn't one right way or wrong way to get through those type of days and that type of energy. And I think that when these energies come up, I guess we can call them shadow energies, they're coming up to be released, but they're also coming up to be made aware. Because a lot of the times we live very unconsciously in our lives, just going about our day to day, doing our routine. And we don't, like Justin said, we don't really pay attention to, to what's actually happening. Not really necessarily around us, but within us and how we're feeling in certain moments or how certain people are making us feel or, you know, situations like that. So for myself, because I definitely have those days, it kind of varies. Some days it'll be, I'll find that type of solace in yoga um, because I do yoga every morning and Justin's now doing it with me every morning, which is great. Um, Or painting is definitely another way for me to find that because it's interesting. You would think that when you create, the world would get a little quiet, uh, but I find that that's when all my thoughts actually come up to the surface is because my mind becomes quiet and I'm focusing on details and I'm focusing on colors and I'm focusing on making this image, this visualization um, come to life on canvas that I find that that's when all of my thoughts actually come up. It's actually never really quiet for me. It's like I'm thinking about things that I wouldn't even necessarily want to think about, but they're coming up to the surface to be released as I'm painting. It's very interesting. It's almost like it's really a true alchemization process for me. Um, so that's another way me personally that I work through that. Another way is meditating. I meditate at least once a day. Um, and meditation for me, it encompasses also, you know, connecting with my guides. So it's not necessarily, um, meditating in the sense that I try to clear my thoughts and don't think about anything because I can't be like that. There's no way I can just sit there and not have any thought come up. It's just not realistic for me. Um, And I don't know, to be honest, if it ever will be. And I'm okay with that. And I accept that that's my own way of meditating. Like I, for me, sometimes meditating is sitting in silence with my eyes closed, with my crystals in one hand, and I'm just having a conversation with myself and my guides. It actually, most of the time is a conversation. It's not even just focusing on breathing. It's just having a conversation and working out my feelings. Um, Almost like I have an an inner therapist that's <laughs> just kind of listening to everything and helping me work through it and then prescribing, you know, things I need to do after to, to heal it. Um, not that I ever really follow those directives. I'll be honest. Most of the times I don't, but, um, sunshine, sunshine is a really good one, especially because a lot of people are so deficient in vitamin D. Please, please get, if the sun is out, get in the sun. It will change not only your emotions, but your cellular physical structure will begin to change and it will activate all this like crystalline DNA codes within you. Um, because the sun rays, I believe the sun is also very energetic and very spiritual. I believe everything in the universe is energy, but there's something about our connection with the sun that's been, we've been misled. Um, I've been doing a lot of research now. It's so interesting. We're talking about this because I'm a really big proponent of the sun. Um, I've learned that it's really like studies have shown that it's a lot better not to wear sunglasses because that's actually how your body receives um, the healing energy from the sun is through your eyes. So yeah. So um, there's a book I just bought and I'm so excited to get it. It's called Renegade 
Beauty by Nadine Artemis. And um, it's just, I'm really excited. It's all about using nature to heal because we've been taught to cover up and use all these products and um, put sunscreen on. But most of the time, SPF actually has a chemical that, um, so if your sunscreen says SPF on it, it actually has a chemical that when it interacts with the sun, it becomes carcinogenic. So it actually does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. So um, that's why a lot of rises in skin cancer have actually been from people wearing sunscreen, not necessarily from the sun. So it's very important for our bodies, our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our energetic bodies to get sunshine. And I always find when I have those days, me and Justin go and sit in the sun and literally like an hour later, I feel so much better. <laughs> like it's just, reborn. yeah, you feel reborn. It's like a Phoenix rising out of the ashes. You get that heat and you're just you're like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. And it's not to say, I hear this word a lot, especially in the spiritual and the conscious community, um, the word bypassing. And it's not to say that that's a bypassing or, you know, you're not sitting with your feelings, but I think it's more a transmutation of your feelings because you're sitting in the sun, you're acknowledging that you feel this way, but you're doing something about it. You don't just want to sit and wallow in it. You want to get to the bottom of, okay, why am I feeling this way? What triggered me and why did it trigger me? You know, like, especially because a lot of the times for myself, when I find that I feel a certain way, it's after I've seen something, I've consumed something with my eyes, with my ears, I've heard something. It's something that I've allowed into my energetic field that I didn't realize was very detrimental <laughs> to my own health. And, um, especially because our bodies are made of over 70% water and water literally carries the energetic imprint of what you consume. So think about everything you hear, everything you taste, everything you, you watch, you are taking it in on a vibrational and energetic level and your body, it's now imprinted in your body. So if you watch a scary movie, it's so, I used to be like the queen of horror movies. I don't watch them anymore for good reason. Um, because every time you watch them or like documentaries about, you know, um, mass murderers and, you know, serial killers, you take that energy and it actually imprints on your body. And then you start, you know, at night you find that you're more afraid and you, you know, it may not happen right away, but it's like your body holds this energetic imprint. Then you start being fearful of the world and fearful of somebody looking at you the wrong way. You know, you don't want to end up like the person you saw on the show or like, so it's just, there's so many layers to this. And really, once again, another very short answer long is that uh, it just comes back to knowing yourself and knowing what works for you. And I think it's important to try different modalities, but to also remember that these modalities don't need to become your life. Like, for example, I remember when I first got into yoga and I know so many people like this, yoga becomes your whole life or like the gym to the point. I knew people like that too, to the, like the gym, the gym became our whole life at one point too, where it's like, you end up scheduling things around that. Like you live your life in accordance with that schedule instead of like, you know, you, you don't want to go to dinner with someone. Oh, because it cuts into your gym or your yoga time. Or like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, it becomes your whole life. And I think it's such a good reminder that these are all tools. They're not meant to become an obsession you know, or your crutch or the one thing that, you know, it's the one thing that you can never change in your life. These are just tools because like Justin said, the power is within you. So these are just tools that are just pretty much activating this power within you and reminding you that you're strong, you know, and sometimes it's okay also not to be strong. It's okay to have those moments um, where you feel, you know, sad and depressed and anxious because that's all your body. That's your body physically telling you something. 
It's trying to communicate with you because our bodies are, our bodies are our intuition. Without our bodies, intuition wouldn't exist because we wouldn't have ears to hear. We wouldn't have eyes to receive these clairvoyant messages. We wouldn't have a body to feel these tingling sensations, this clairsentience, right? So like our body is actually the vehicle of our intuition. So once we really learn what our body is trying to tell us and the messages it's sending us, then we know how we can react and respond. I don't want to say react, but to respond from there. And that's where I think the true healing comes in. When you really learn to know who you are, you're able to figure out what you need. Because what someone else needs may not necessarily be what you need. And like I said, these are all just tools. So it's just finding out what tool works for you in that moment. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably about as good as you can say it. Like it's, you gotta just find out whether it is in some sort of way. You kind of just have to quiet all out. You have to find a way to be away with it at, at a certain point. And, um, it's, it's, and the thing is, especially, it's a very big thing in our society now. And like, I'm going to, it's, it's being aware of like how you're feeling and such. And a big thing we hear now in our society is it's okay not to be okay. Yes. It's okay not to be okay. If this goes on for a day, two, three days, a couple days a week, then there's a month, then there's three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. 24 so on and so forth the main question is from the first day it should be when you know you're not okay it's okay that you're not okay but what are you going to do about it like how, how are you going to how are you going to navigate how are you going to navigate and cross the river of change to get away from this and it, it's it doesn't happen by an accident there's something you've been doing in your in your life that's causing this and it's it's in the spiritual realm there's a reason why meditation is very important because the word meditation comes from the tibetan symbol when translated and the symbol means to become familiar so when you're there and you're meditating those thoughts come in you take them in you navigate you once again you pay attention to what's coming in instead of responding to the thought if the moment if you're meditating and you hear noise in your mind and you hear random crazy thoughts and you were like why am I thinking this you're doing it right that's the way I look at it it's because that navigating and pulling your mind back to that present moment whether it is your breath your heartbeat um feeling the skin on your body whatever it may be or whether it is your singing whatever it may be for to help you meditate the moment you pull yourself back that's that's equivalent to that's that's the pull-up that's the chin-up of meditation that's the exercise that's how it should be and when you become familiar and you really realize all this stuff that all these people are saying, like, it's okay not to be okay. Well, being not okay didn't just happen out of nowhere. Being not okay happened from a series of events or series of your own inner patterns of just not the noise out around you and your, in your peripherals and around your body, but the noise within you. So you become familiar with that and you can make a big difference. Like, you can really realize, okay, well, what do I want to think? Do I want to think of thoughts of shaming and guilting myself? And, oh, you know, like, um, I'm angry at this guy. I'm angry at this, this woman. I'm angry at this child. I'm angry at this animal. I'm angry at this world. I'm okay. Well, you, a lot, let's be, let's be frank and forward and 
let's be real. Like no one wants to think like that because when you think like that, you don't feel good and you can only feel as good as you think. And you can only think as good as you feel as wordy as that may sound. It's kind of a big circle. You can only feel as good as you think, and you can only think as good as you feel. So that's how people end up in these redundant patterns. And this thing, you know, like you have a guy who thought his life was going really well. And next thing you know, like um, his partner, his wife, his girlfriend, whomever, his partner in his, in his case, like whatever case it is, comes back to his life. You realize, wow, I haven't been paying attention for five years. And now look, this person's like left me. I'm no longer with that person anymore. But the only person to really hold responsible is ourselves. And we need to be hold ourselves responsible because if we're the true divine creators of the reality around us, then who's to, like, it's, it's, it's very easy to blame someone and say like, yeah, this person did this to me. Like, that's very normal. That's just a normal thing of life. Like we do that and it's okay. But what caused that? what causes judgment, you know, like clearly there's something that I've been doing within me that's caused this to happen in my life. That's caused my spouse to leave me. That's caused these health conditions to come forward that have caused me to suffer my relationships. That's caused me to suffer with my finances. That's caused me to suffer in my spiritual practices, in my own personal practices and routines. It's, it's, um, we just got to really, we really just have to be honest with ourselves from time to time. And you don't have to be so harsh about it. Some people are so harshly honest with themselves. They judge themselves so, so heavily. And I've done that before. Like, man, I used to be the hardest on myself and it wasn't any good for me. And it made me really realize that like, wow, I'm just like, no wonder I'm like creating this hard shell over me and I almost can't feel anything it was because I'm, I'm constantly have to guard myself because it's like I'm kicking myself on the ground. It, it's, it doesn't feel good. And it, people don't want to be around people like that, especially because if you are to be like that to yourself, imagine how you can be like that to those around you, especially those you, who you love and who you care about. And there has to be some sort of change. And when we kind of really get there and be there with ourselves, we can change so much about ourselves, our health, our relationships, our life. The moment we kind of just allow things to be, but then allow ourselves to change and fall into the unknown. Everything that both of you just said resonates with me and uh, really is a lot of what I believe too. So with Steph, when you were talking about being conscious of what you're consuming, I, when I was younger, my grandma was watching me and I was naturally on the TV because that's what my parents wouldn't let me do. So I'm flipping through channels and it's late at night, maybe like 11. And I came across one of the scary movies, like the older ones. And um, ever since I like I saw like the very like gruesome scene. And ever since then, I just did not like scary movies. And I like something in me was just like, I no, thank you. I don't want to be in that fear. And I think that what you were saying really resonates with me. And it's so interesting to if we listen to what other people say, but then take a moment to really ask ourselves, does that resonate with me? 
do I believe, how does that feel to me? I think that that's important. And to your point of with your meditation and the activities that you do and not really making them like a lifestyle necessarily, but just incorporating them, I think just kind of allowing yourself to feel what you want to do that day and not getting down on yourself if you feel like maybe not meditating that day. And meditation really comes in so many forms. So I get down on myself a lot and I'm trying really hard to kind of come to this point of acceptance because I do not feel motivated to like sit down and meditate and be with myself the way a lot of people meditate. But today in the car, as I was driving back and I was listening to this beautiful soundtrack of, I think it was like a Native American flute and then it had like wolves howling like here and there. It was such a beautiful combination. I can send it to you guys. I think you guys would love it. (laughs) Um, And I was listening to that because I was trying to be inspired Um, for the intention prayer in the beginning. And I had this realization that, oh my gosh, my meditation time is when I'm admiring the pups as they're doing something or as I'm in the car listening to music. For me, that is such a sacred time, like whether I'm singing along to the song or just being present and paying attention to all the cars moving in and out of the lane or just kind of what's around me. But I find that to me, like those are kind of my, like some of my times when my time and it's more meditative for me than forcing myself, bless you, to, (laughs) to sit down and be quiet and Uh, So, yeah, I I just wanted to make sure to make that a point because I think that this there is kind of this concept of meditation. And I think that it's sitting there cross legged with your palms up or down and focusing on your breath. And that although that is important, your breath work is so important. But if you don't feel like doing that, then just honoring that and just honoring what flows naturally to you like stuff, maybe sometimes you're, you're, and Justin too, I'm sure when you guys pick up your brush or instrument, there's moments where you're actually like in a meditative state because you're in that flow and doing what you enjoy and it, it kind of becomes like a meditation for you. That's exactly it. Everything you said. And that's what I mean. It's not necessarily that it's not a lifestyle, but it's knowing that you have all these different tools in your toolkit that you can use based on how you're feeling that day. It doesn't have to always be the like one thing that you, you know, I can only do yoga. I can only go to the gym to deal with this, or I can only paint, or I can only, you know, it can be anything that day. Cause there's a lot of days too myself where I sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to meditate. I don't feel it. Like my, my, there's too many voices in my head right now. Like in the sense that there's too many thoughts and I can't focus on anything. And I agree with you. Everything can be a meditation because like Justin said, it's just presence. Literally to meditate is to just be in presence. So like you said, it's you could go on a walk and just be admiring the way the wind rustles the leaves and the way, you know, your footsteps look as you're walking. It's it. That's a meditation. It's just being present in that moment. And 
I mean, if you think of it that way, you can meditate so much in your entire day. Like your whole day could be a meditation, which is really, I think the ultimate goal is just having your life be a moving meditation, not being stagnant, not being still, but just being, you know, in that frequency because emotion is energy in motion. So you're just being this beautiful moving meditation, no matter what you do, you're just being present with it. And then I think that comes back to really embodying this incarnation because especially if you resonate with, you know, um, the term star seed in the sense that you don't feel like earth is your origination point and you feel like, you know, you're just here on a mission. Uh, it can be really hard to be on earth right now, you know, especially with what's happening in our current timeline. And I find that it's really helpful to really get back to those moments of presence because you need, it's really important to embody this human experience fully. And for me, myself, I want to live boldly and I want to live colorfully and I want to live loudly because I'm only in this, in this particular body once. So I want to enjoy it. I want to honor this body. Oh, you know, I want to see it as sacred because I only get this one shot with this body and this body is changing every single day, every single year, you know, like my body changes. It's not always going to look like this and it's not always going to move like this. Even though my goal is that, you know, I'll just stay young forever. But (laughs) I don't know if that's a realistic goal, but mentally, I'm going to really project that manifestation out there. I'm just going to be young forever. It's all a mindset anyways. Um, But I think it's really important that uh, we've been loaned this body. I'm just borrowing this body. It's going to go back to the earth when I'm done, right? And then it's going to be given back to the soil and back to the nutrients. And it's going to be back in the cycle of death and rebirth all over again. So it's just like, really taking those moments of hardship and challenges and just sitting with yourself. And just, I think like Justin said, just not being so hard on yourself. I think that's the the hardest, the hardest part is just not judging yourself because we've been taught to judge everything. I mean, from the moment we're born, we're literally weighed on a scale and then compared to the weight of all the other babies in the world. Like we're, we're constantly judged right from the moment we're born so like you know like it's like and then even in class it's like there's always like a a competition you know everyone's got to raise their hands everybody's got to ask for permission all the time and it's like we've just been so programmed to be so hard on ourselves and to really see this world from this kind of one-dimensional perspective and I think it's just remembering that we're multi-dimensional beings which also means that our emotions are going to be multi-dimensional they're going to be all over the place sometimes And that's okay. I mean, if we're made of over 70% water, which we are, we're just going to keep flowing in and out like with the tides of the moon, right? Like it's just, we're going to be up, we're going to be down, we're going to be calm, we're going to, there's going to be a storm, it's just going to be all over the place. And it's so funny, because we see the storms in like an ocean, and we think that's beautiful. But when we have those storms within ourselves, we think it's like, you know, like, terrible, and it shouldn't happen. And, you know, we, we put so much emphasis on how quote unquote, bad or negative it is. But I mean, we're no different than the ocean, right? Like we just need to honor it and see it as beautiful and see it as our process that at some point the sun's going to shine again. And we each get a new day. Once the sun goes down and the sun comes up, we're all given a brand new day every single day. So I think life is just really what we make of it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's true. Like Steph said, it's the storm, right? The storm looks beautiful and it's, it's great when you're not winning, but, or, if you're indoors and you're watching through that, that like eight of an inch piece of glass that makes us feel so safe uh, from mother nature and the pouring rain coming down. But 
um, emotions aren't bad. What becomes bad is the addiction to these negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And when it comes back mm-hmm. to once again is it's okay not to be okay, but don't become addicted to not being okay. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like you have to decide the shape you're in. Like you have to like flow through that. You have to navigate through that. Like, and you have to kind of ask yourself the like questions. Like we all, like I know for myself personally, like I have goals and aspirations and visions and dreams and internal decisions. I would say of like what I want to create and what I want to experience in my life. And when it comes down to these difficult times that we have in our life, or where we don't feel good, our mind, body, and spirit feels broken, and we feel so disconnected from whatever guidance we're looking for, whether it is from internally guides, whatever relationship you have, you have to kind of, one thing, you have to find a way to kind of inspire and pull yourself out of the deep. It's, it's about, it's kind of, you kind of just have to say, like, what if, what if I could pull myself out of this, do this, feel all this overcome all this and create what I'm looking to create and manifest actualize attract into my life but most importantly create what I want to create my life if I overcome this and I overcome this emotion I think the moment you ask yourself what if like you can feel your skin the hair on the back of your neck rise up like for me personally that's just the way I see it so we kind of have to see like don't hold ourselves so rigid like don't be so hard on yourself like we said before but allow yourself to kind of let the unknown take you sometimes that's that's why we're all kind of here you know it's it's okay to make mistakes mistakes are normal like that's all right like I've had a lot of mistakes and it's kind of cool because you have to think some of the things that have come come to to this life of ours and the life in our life where we think, if you think back, well, all this happened to me and it all seems in that moment there that the world's going to end. But when it comes to something great in your life that you truly appreciate that you'll never forget, you wouldn't change a thing about your past because that greatness that just happened within your life wouldn't have been possible without that past experience that we judge. Like Stephanie says, we judge everything, good, bad, betrayal, despair, grief, lost anything we we let's say we judge let's be real there's really no good or bad it's just the judgment we place on it there's no there's nothing bad there it's just all that happened to allow that certain great moment to happen and then you realize that's like your initiation of life like i went through this process for this initiation that i'm now in that's part of my initiation process i went through all these what we consider hardships that are just really spiritual building tools essentially that are just expanding your spirit and making you who you are or who you can best to be and you can learn from like we're different every day we're not going to feel the same every day we're not going to always be that same person and it's it's kind of cool it's nice like we want to stay rigid we want to stay in those beautiful routines where you know our coffee's made at that particular time we finish work that exact same time we work the exact same time we create when we want to create everything's just in a routine but when we kind of get out of that we really realize like it may seem like a bit chaotic sometimes and and I've been a victim of this so many times where it feels like chaos to me because often from time to time I like to have that really like rigid routine 
but you can't make it become a rut because when you end up in a rut, that's where you end up in the state where you don't even know what you're feeling and you've been feeling horrible for five years and it just has felt normal and that's not living. That's existing, not even existing. It's almost like dying. Going back to that storm analogy, most people want to, you know, admire the storm, the beauty of the storm from the sidelines, but the Scorpio in me wants to just go and meet the storm and go head first into the water. <laughs> let's go. Let's go deep, baby. You want to dive? Let's do it. Let's storm like I got the hurricane in me. Let's go. <laughs> deep divers. I am wondering how your relationship well, first off, when you guys started being together, were you guys both already aware or was there some growing there first? Well, there was growing for, for both of us, for sure. Especially me. Even for myself, there was a lot of stuff I had to learn. But for myself as well, it's kind of, I was in a, a different part of my life, completely different person who I am now. Like, it's been eight years almost. So at that point, like, we met, I was a trainer at, at a gym, and she worked out there. I worked there for quite a bit of time. And for myself, like, I was just doing my thing. At that point, like, I was, I was in, in that part in a difficult situation because I was training for um, like a bodybuilding competition at that point. So completely different realm where I'm in now, different, different radio station, different frequency, different vibration, just thought of things different, but I knew that there was, I had a level, I had a very limited level of consciousness of, in terms of the full understanding and dynamics of it. But I knew that there was something magical because I had manifested something and I had created something in my mind's eye and, ex and experienced it before it even happened. Because when I first met Stephen, when we first started dating, I was during that period, it was right towards the end of it. So it was like my last like three and a half weeks towards my competition. Like I was tired. I was working 14, 15 hours a day. I was started early, worked late. So I'm working at a gym, working out, having to do all this training dieting and eating a certain way in specifics so I was in a certain place I'm surprised I wasn't as tired as I was but I was like I felt pretty good compared to other people I had seen go through the same situation but for myself I had created something one day I kind of just lost myself like when I was just working out I was just like and you know, I was just on the treadmill I may have been on the bike and I was just visualizing the outcome I wanted I was visually the outcome, like I'd never done any competitions or anything like that. And I created in my mind the situation I wanted to happen. So after the whole competition happened, towards the end, the results came. I placed it very well. I got third place in that competition. Cool, whatever. It was a great learning experience. But the exact same experience that happened and the exact same events that happened that day was something I experienced three and a half, four weeks before in my mind as clearly with the colors and specifics that were there. The same emotions I experienced, the exact same everything. The in, same thing as when we got together, we got together and we were both, we had different relationships to relationships in general, like different kind of family dynamic for myself. My parents are still together. They've been married now like 40 years. Steph's parents, like when we got together at that point, like they... Her mom and her dad had been divorced for five. since she was five years old. It was a completely different level of understanding through different life experiences, traumas, everything like that. So I had a different understanding about relationships 
and a different relationship to relationships than she did. So, but we had to navigate through there. We had to pull ourselves through that, right? We had to just be mature about it, especially her being older. She was almost, I was 22 and she was 25. I was going to, I was turning 25. <laughs> like, don't make me older than I am. <laughs> well, you're a young lady. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're about three years apart. So in August of this year, 2021, it'll be our eight year anniversary. We met back in 2013 and for myself, Justin's absolutely right. We came into it with different expectations in our relationship. And for myself coming from a family of divorce, my expectations of men were not very high. So especially with past relationships, past lovers, you know, you can put whatever category you want into there. But for us, in all total vulnerable transparency, I brought a lot of shadows to our relationship, a lot. For Justin, I, you hadn't had many relationships before me that were serious. No, I never had anything really serious. No, I had like so, one serious relationship before, but that was, it was a learning curve. It was cool. I learned a lot from that there. And it was just kind of learning were to meet halfway that was like the most important thing I had to learn then and I learned that from my first relationship yeah and you were eight you said you were 18 right yeah it was 18 19 yeah yeah so when I was 19 to 21 I had my first serious relationship and we lived together and it was university it was very volatile there was a lot of possession and jealousy um especially on my part so yeah this is gonna be a very vulnerable uh, admission <laughs> that I'm gonna give you but I think it's important so for me and Justin when we came, when we started a relationship, he was a, he was a gentleman. He was so good. Like I remember he didn't kiss me for like weeks after we met, which I thought that, which was, I thought was weird only at, only because the guys that I had been dating were not like that. It was all about, you know, like the physical aspect of, of being together. So Justin was just the exception to all the rules. And he, was this absolute gentleman and really just wanted to get to know me as a human, as a person. Because my previous relationship, the person I was with for that extended period of time, like we got into a relationship, it was okay for the first like two months. And then next thing you know, you're downhill spiraling. Like, wow, I didn't know this person at all. That in a matter of two months, I thought it was a completely different person, but it was like weird. I like tolerated it and accepted it because I didn't know any better. So for myself, I'm like, okay, like when we first started talking, when we first got together, like I really needed to hear out the situation. I, I needed to, I was in the water, but I was, I was waist deep. Like, you know what I mean? Like I needed to understand the terrain I was getting into. I needed to understand her, especially like I needed to see what made her tick, what made her talk, see her values see the past experience, just really dive deep into that. I need to understand that because I didn't understand that before. I hopped into it, loose ended, and it ended, didn't end well my first relationship, but I learned, I didn't make the same mistake. So I took my time. Yeah. And like most people, we, you know, when you've been hurt in past relationships, you tend to bring that with you into your next relationship. A lot of people do that. And I know that Clearly for him, he did that in a more conscious way. Me, it, it was more of a shadow way. And uh, when I say that, I mean, I was very jealous, very jealous. Um, I was possessive. I wanted him pretty much all to myself. And I didn't like that he had friends that were girls. I didn't like, it was very, it was a lot of trust that 
I had to work through because I came from a family, you know, a parent and your dad, especially as a girl, a little girl, your dad is the one that sets the standard for all the other men in your life. So when you don't have a really good father figure, one that's faithful, one that's, you know, loves you and wants to spend time with you and really sees you, you think that all men are going to be like that. It's just like, and it's not a conscious thought. It's like subconscious ancestral patterning really. And, um, so for myself, I brought that into our relationship and we had to work through that. And I'm not even going to lie to you. It wasn't something that just went away after a month or two. Like this lasted for our first year or two in our relationship. I mean, we're on eight years now. So thankfully the last six were a little, <laughs> were definitely a lot better. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm very honest with people. It's so funny because if you would have asked me this six years ago, what it was like, I probably would have lied to you and been like, oh yeah, everything was great. You know, cause you don't want to admit these darker parts of yourself, but I mean, I have to integrate them in order to understand myself. And that's the only way I can understand myself. And in order to un understand my relationships, I have to understand who I am within those relationships and what I'm bringing and the value that I'm bringing and what patternings and conditionings and programmings that I'm bringing into it. So yeah, for me, that was, that was really challenging. We weren't always this way. So and I know for people listening, you know, especially I find a lot in the spiritual community, it's all about like, I want to find my twin flame and I want to find my soulmate and everything's going to be magical and perfect. And I'm going to be honest with you, Justin is definitely a soulmate of mine, but it wasn't perfect. And I think that's the point is that we're here to challenge each other and be mirrors for each other and help each other grow. Like I had my greatest expansion and growth within our relationship. And one of the biggest things for us that I found is crystal clear. We call it the three C's crystal clear communication. We talk about everything, everything that was uncomfortable. Like when I was jealous, when I was, if I went through his phone, because Lord knows I did that. I was that girl. I went through his phone, and like you know, I'm not proud of it, but I'm not going to lie about it either. I really believe in being authentic and being, you know, this true version of myself. So I'll be honest with everybody listening. I totally did that. I was that girl. And I look back on it now and I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, but I would never turn around and judge another girl for doing it because I've been there. I get it. There's just shadows that you haven't worked through yet. So I totally, I get that. I have compassion for you because I've done it. So for myself and Justin, yeah, crystal clear communication was really, really important in any relationship, but especially with a romantic partnership. And I mean, our relationship evolved so much that it's not just romantic, it's a life partnership. Like we, we challenge each other to grow. We challenge each other to change. We don't want to stay stagnant. We want to be like water. We want to flow. And we're very fortunate that a lot of our dreams and aspirations, although they're very individual, we share a lot of really important common aspirations and values. Like for us, we've made the conscious decision that we don't want to have children in this lifetime. And, you know, we just want to have a bunch of animals. <laughs> we're okay with that, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's important to be on the same page as your partner. I think that's really what kind of helps you embody this notion or this idea of being a conscious couple. It's just being conscious of each other, conscious of each other's emotions, how the other person's feeling, how your actions affect the other person. So, and that all comes down to communication because you're not going to know how someone feels. I mean, as psychic as we are, wink, wink, we need someone to like, tell us how they're feeling. We can't, we can't always be arrogant enough to think we know how everybody's feeling all the time. You know what I mean? That's like an unbalanced version of being like empathic. It's like thinking we know everything and it's like, we don't. 
because we're not on that person's journey. So it's, it's a, it's a check-in. It's constantly checking in with each other and he'll know, like we're, I mean, eight years now, we know each other well enough where if something's off with one of us, we know, and we'll look at each other and say, you know, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? How are you feeling today? What's going on in your head today? Like, what are your thoughts? And I'm so fortunate that I have a partner that like, will let me cry. will let me scream. will let me sing. will let me dance, whatever I need to express. He lets me do it and vice versa. So I think that's really important. I think Justin wants to say something, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> you just got to just be there. like, And you got to just kind of like, you got to, once again, just be willing to, to be uncomfortable. And like, that's the biggest thing, especially as you see these partners and it's like, or these relationships, you see these, like these marriages and these two people, it's like, not even that they're too much alike, but it's like, they both, one grew to a certain level and the other one only grew to that level. So instead of that person reaching, perhaps reaching to their own growth, and then the other one being inspired to their growth, like the best version I've ever heard of this in my life is being in a life partnership and being in a marriage is like a big tree. A tree just doesn't grow straight up. Vast majority of trees, they have branches and branches grow at different levels and they grow to different lengths and different sizes. And you can't be afraid to branch out your own way and understand things your own way because you're afraid you're going to leave that person behind. You need to grow separate, but grow together. You know what I mean? Like, so you're growing part of the same tree and you need to help inspire that other branch of you to keep growing. You shouldn't stop growing because you're afraid your partner's not growing. Like, to be honest, like that's, that's not what this is about. We're here in this experience and this, loner this lease of a body we, we negotiated before we arrived we signed a contract to to the multiple infinite realms of possibility we agreed we came here to be all in we came here to taste to smell to see uh to hear to be so you need to be there and sometimes you need to have those conversations and like and i'll be real with you is like having a, a good partner wife husband whatever boyfriend girlfriend like the most important thing is you want to have a person who's there and is like yeah 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 rooting you on but you also need to have that person there who's going to keep you in check and tell you not what you want to hear but what you need to hear because we all know those people in our lives and it happened in high school we can't carry high school on after is you have those people that are like, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am people. Like, yes, 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 these yes men or yes women. And they empower them no matter how bad what they're doing is what they're doing or how not right they're, what they're doing is. Is like, you got to be honest. That's it. You need to be there to say like, okay, well, you're doing this. This is going good. But the way you're reacting to these certain situations like this, this, and this is not right. Like, I, that's not you. And I don't think that's right. Like, you have to be able to be honest. and some people end up in these relationships and they're scared to tell their partner anything. And it's just, sometimes we go about it the wrong way. Like for myself, my biggest problem is sometimes because I've been very hard on myself is I don't go about it the best way. And I say it and I address it, but I don't address it in the right fashion. Like I address it a little bit more of a confrontational approach and it's not the best way to go about it. Like, but once you make a mistake, you swallow your ego, you take your shell off and you remove the ego from the equation you take the shell off you take off the gloves you like 
you put yourself out there and that's when you really say like, okay, I didn't go about that the right way. I should have said it this way, but like what you're doing there, that's not working. Something has to change or something what I'm doing here is not working. Like, or something we're both doing here is not working. We need to do something. I just want to actually going off of what Justin said, I want to offer up for any of your listeners that if you're experiencing something very similar where you're having these shadows come up and you've been feeling a very alone in that, because I know in our society, when we talk about, you know, acting jealous or acting possessive, we're automatically labeled crazy. Oh, I dated some crazy girl. You know, she's crazy going through my phone. She's crazy. And we use these terms and it's like, we're not crazy. And I don't like that word to begin with. Um, we're not being crazy and you're not being crazy. It's just, that you're trying to work through shadows and you're, they're just trying to come up to the surface and you just haven't made, you know, are conscious of them yet. So I would offer up that, like Justin said, having that conversation with your partner and hopefully you have a partner that you can talk freely with, because if you don't, I just want to, you know, say like, what's the point of that then, you know, because when you grow old with someone, it's not all going to be, you know, just physical and kissing and making out and having sex all the time. You're going to have to talk a lot of that time. It's going to be talking. So, you know, you're going to have to find someone that can be your best friend that you can talk to for the rest of your life. You have to have things to talk about, right? So I think it's really important to be with someone that you can talk to. And yeah, I would just offer up that if you're experiencing this to just be honest with your partner. I found that the more that I suppressed it and just, you know, looked at his phone when he didn't know it and didn't talk about it or just kind of ask questions like, where are you going without being like, you know, this actually makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why I trust you, but it just, it does, you know? And for us, we talked about it. If there was something that made me uncomfortable, we talked about it mm -hmm. and he was respectful, which I think was so important that our relationship meant enough to him that he thought, you know what, if it makes you uncomfortable, even if I don't agree with it, okay, let's talk it out. I won't go to this you know, this party, or I won't go hang out with these certain people, you know, or this other girl or like, whatever, you know, it's like, just out of respect, it's not trying to control each other, but it's trying to work through these emotions. And you can't work through them. If you're bypassing them, really, like, you know, if you have a partner, that's just like, well, I'm going to go anyways, because you're being crazy, or like, then you're, it's never, you're right, it's never going to heal. And it's not to say that you can't do the work on yourself. Because you should be doing that as well. But in order to work on yourself, you got to you got to take what you're given, which means that if you're in a relationship, you got to work together on it. That's the only way it's going to work. You can do so much work on your own, but if you have a partner that doesn't understand what you need in order to work through this, it's not going to work. It just won't work. So I'm very fortunate that he's still here guys. Can you, he's here. So <laughs> he's still here. He's stuck around. Um, and I'd like to say that it, in the end, it made us a lot stronger. Like we talk about everything he's my best friend like I'm his best friend like we're you know we're everything we're lovers we're best friends we're partners in this life future animal parents <laughs> or maybe most of the time animals teach you so I don't know maybe they're the ones parenting us but <laughs> I'm like let's just leave but yeah so I hope for all that for everyone that's listening that if you are struggling or going through that honestly um you, have to you can smart. reach out to us too we're very yeah. open like I mean I'm sure Eva will put in the description notes how to contact us. You know, if you have a question ever about, about, you know, how to really like work through this stuff, because I've been there, I never teach something or share something that I haven't gone through myself and I haven't experienced myself. 
because I like to be authentic that way. So yeah, I mean, or even ask Eva, and Eva can pass it on to us. Whatever, whatever you want. Or even ask Eva. She or even ask Eva. She's in a yeah, she's in a relationship too. So it's just yeah, just know that you're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing, especially when you're working through these types of shadows in a relationship. You end up feeling so alone, and you feel like you're the only person that feels this way, and you feel like there's something wrong with you. I remember, I remember saying that to him. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm not normal. Why do I do this? Why am I going through your phone? Why am I so jealous? Why? And then you talk to more women and I found that it is very, very common, but we all just don't talk about it. It's part of the program. Yeah. So we just feel very alone and we feel like we're quote unquote crazy and we're not. This is something I hear most women go through at some point in their lives. So just know you're not alone. We're all here. Me and Eva are here, especially if you're a woman and you're like, I feel alone in this. We're here. <laughs> I think another thing that's very, very important to navigate through when you're crossing this river of change and going in a relationship is there's a fine line. There's a fine line between shadow and then there's a fine line between that person bringing out the worst in you. And that person who you're with, you're not meant to bring out the worst in each other. So you need to have the real conversation. Like you, If you're looking to spend the rest of your life with this person, like you have to think, if we live to 120 years old, each and every single one of us, that's a blink of an eye of existence in this infinite realm of possibilities, infinite realm of life experience. 120 years is a blink of an eye. So you meet that person when we'll say you're 30 years old, you're going to be with that person for 90 years till you both lived 120. We'll say, man, like, do you, do you really want to live that blink of an eye with this facade that everything's okay and it's not actually okay? It's okay sometimes to not be for the relationship to end. That's all right. Like, in our Western world, it's very cute. Like our relationships that we have people spend the rest of their lives together. Like that's great. But if you go to some tribes like in Africa, these people have been around in practicing their culture for centuries, thousands of years. And there are some cultures there. It's very popular there that every seven years during a marriage, you get together in front of these wisdom of elders and you and that person who you're with, your partner, your wife, your husband, whomever, you sit there and you have a conversation with these elders and they speak to you about this conversation and they help you to decide whether to carry on with this relationship because it's still helping you to grow or whether you guys are no longer meant to be together. So as much as we think everything is okay, it's like your friends are not always your friends. And it's sometimes it's even a bad question to ask because sometimes you see people's parents that are together for a long period of time and it's like, why are they still together? Like, are, are they actually meant to stay together? It's just the societal norm, right? So think about this, a culture that's been doing this for thousands of years longer than us. Like, even if you look at the United States, like maybe 250 years old, that's a blink of an eye. That's two lifetimes of, of pure human potential. Like, same thing here in Canada. The, the, the country is 150-something years old, 153 years old. It's not even too old. That's nothing. Like, you know what I mean? And go back to a culture that's viewing this on an every seven-year basis. Like, these are people who have been married for, like, 42 years. And every seven years, so they've had – this is their sixth visit to go see the elders. And they tell them – they put it all out there on the table. They're honest. And they help you to navigate whether this relationship is still serving you for both of you in this marriage is still serving you or not. And at the end of the day, like when I hear about this, when I heard about this, um, I heard about this teaching, I heard from um, Dr. Michael Beckwith. A lot of people have seen him through like Mind Valley. Um, he's 
runs a very big spiritual community in in LA, the Agape International like spiritual community, like the spiritual center. And the way you look at it is he says, there's no harsh feelings when it's done. He's like, when that relationship, whether it stays or goes, when it's done, even when it ends, there's no hard feelings between these, these same people all live in these same villages together. And they go about their lives. Like, and it, it's like another thing with divorce. Like I think bitterness and divorce, I don't even think that's even real. I think literally bitterness and divorce, it is real as it is, but I think it's a pre-programming for people to push each other's buttons during the divorce because it's part of the program of society of like what divorce is supposed to look like rather than an, an amicable, conscious, removing yourself from the situation because this is making a worse version of yourself and you're making a worse version of that person. And that's to the main point. You need to navigate through is this person making you at the best version of yourself or is this person making you the worst version of yourself? There's that fine line. Like you can only communicate so much because sometimes it's just, it's two good people that just can't be together. And it's normal. It happens. Like don't be hard on yourself because we see in the movies like, Oh yeah. Like the notebook, they died together. But that is adorable. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a beautiful story. Do you like that movie? <laughs> it, it's a very beautiful story. Like that ending is like breathtaking, but at the end of the day, like, that's not meant for everyone it's not a cookie cutter it's not like you go to school you go to post-secondary school you hopefully marry your like high school sweetheart you meet that person in college you then get engaged by the time you're like 24 25 you get married you buy a house you have 2.5 kids you retire at 65 you live until whatever age and you die together like that's the that's a pre-prescription of life and it's not everyone's meant to live like that we're all unique we're not we're not all supposed to come here and follow the status quo so sometimes like it's going to be a difficult decision whether to see if the, your relationship is serving or not serving you and it's an important conversation to have look here in north america we don't have this elder system that they have over there in, in africa in some of these tribes so you need to kind of be the initiates and judges and elders of yourself in this relationship in your life. Yeah. So that constant check-in is important in your relationship every so often. I agree with that to check in, which is when it comes back to where I said it's communication, check in. Why are you feeling? Do you still want the things that I want? Cause everyone generally changes, right? I mean, we hope that people are evolving and growing and changing, but it's, you don't know unless you ask. Right. So I think, yeah, that check-in, that's such a good point. Hun. Like that check-in is very important. I think we do that very often to make sure like we still want the same things. Um, but we have, we talk all the time. So we know it's not, it doesn't really change. You have to evaluate the situation, evaluate yourselves, like, and be honest and be like, pretend you are not yourself judging yourself, but you're looking as if you are a third, fourth, fifth, sixth party, whomever watching from an outside perspective of awareness. Like, okay, this, this, and this, I can understand this, I can understand that. Okay, like, you got to just be real. That's the most important thing. And just be completely honest. A hundred percent agree with everything you both are saying. I think what Steph was getting to when she was talking about the shadows was a lot of the times we just want to be seen and heard. And really, that's kind of the core of a lot of shadows and trauma or like any any uncomfortable emotions that we may feel and I love the advice that both of you have shared from your experience and also just from 
what you've heard. Um, I love that. I think that elder system is really awesome because, yeah, I mean, here in the Western society, we do definitely kind of follow more like what do we see in the movies or music, like Hollywood industry. And and a lot of the times that's not realistic. And it's okay to have a relationship and, and be with that person for a few years and realize, you know what, we're really not on the same boat. Like you're on this red boat and I'm on this blue boat and we're going to two different countries. Like, and that's okay, you know, but you need to honor yourself and you need to honor that other person. Cause otherwise it's a huge disservice that you're doing to each other because if you hadn't stayed with that person, you would have met someone who would have fostered more growth in you. So yeah, I think that's why too, a lot of the times you tend to find your person sometimes not everyone's experience is the same obviously but when you're working on yourself that's actually kind of how I manifested (laughs) my boyfriend was through working on myself and self-love and really taking a look at what values do I bring and then what do I want in a partner and just as you guys mentioned communication is so key All right, Steph and Justin, what final messages would you like to share with the listeners? I also just want to add, as we were talking about the relationship part earlier, that when I use the word women, it's not, it's gender inclusive. It's when I talk about shadows and working through relationships, I'm extending that to all genders, however you identify, because we all go through that. So I want everyone to feel included. It wasn't just for specifically for just people that identify as women. It's also for men too, people who identify as men. It's for everybody because we all have them. So for all of you, you're not alone in that. For all beings, especially, like evaluate yourself and be honest with yourself. That's what it comes down to. Like don't forget about the society and the labels and all that and stuff. Like you are an infinite source of source fragmented itself in this body or your bodies within this spirit of you and this energy of yourself remove yourself from the names and labels just really identify what you're holding you know holding like in regards to your space in regards to what you're thinking feeling and doing and evaluate yourself and evaluate the situations that you're in and really protect yourself to the best as possible to really know and really show yourself love because some situations like as much as we need those bits of discomfort to grow from time to time through any process, whether it's ascension or it is through running, physical exercise, meditation, yoga, learning to ride a horse, learning to, to train animals, learning to train with yourself, just be there. And you don't need that amount of discomfort. There's discomfort we can avoid and because the only thing we have and the most important liberty we have in this world is freedom. It's our freedom of choice. And with that, I think I'm just going to end off saying that the most important relationship you will ever have is with yourself. Thank you both so, so much for your energy, your presence, and for all of the messages that you shared and all of the experiences too. Some of those were very vulnerable. So I just want to say I I send you so much gratitude. Yes, thank you so much for having us. We're grateful that we crossed paths 
with you. And we're also grateful to be on your podcast. I mean, we're very excited for you. And we think that your podcast is just going to be so magical and just so soul opening and expansive. So I'm so happy for you as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And I also just want to say that we learned so much from you as well. So thank you. It was definitely a co-creative process where we were giving and exchanging energy and it was beautiful. So thank you so much. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this first crossover episode and that it has supported you in some way and helped expand your own ideas of what you want or look forward to in an intentional conscious partnership. Eva was such an amazing host and she asked such beautiful questions. So thank you again, Eva. And Brianna also has her own episode with Eva, which will be released on here as well very soon. So until next time, keep shining bright. Thank you.